0: and welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author. Today we have a podcast a bit earlier than normal. We just had one last week. We're going to have another one this week. Yay! Because I interviewed Jane all about BEA, which she is attending. And we talk a little bit about what BEA is, how it's different from Romantic Times and RWA. And then, without any mercy whatsoever, I quiz Jane because, well, that's what we do here. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I'll have more information at the end of the podcast about who this is and where you can find this track for purchase. And now on with the podcast. So let's start with by talking about BEA because you're getting ready for BEA right now, right? I am. And what are you going to do while you're at BEA? What What is it that you like about BEA that brings you back a second year?
1: Well, the bloggers. There are, I think I was told that there's going to be three to four hundred bloggers at BloggerCon this year.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah. That's huge. Pretty exciting, huh?
0: Yeah, considering the when I went two years ago, it was barely half that, I think. Barely.
1: Well, it, despite whatever happened last year, there's a lot of excitement, and there's a lot of bloggers coming, and it's the biggest blogger community I've ever attended. So that's that's why I'm going.
0: Well, you were part of the selection committee for the panels at this year's conference at the Book Blogger Conference, right?
1: Um, We were part of an advisory committee. So we recommended um, speakers and topics. And I think that BEA really listened. And I hope people enjoy it. It, I I will say this. We looked very hard at the feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, So If there are bloggers that go to this and are unhappy or they are happy, I hope they leave feedback because that can really mold and influence the future of the conference.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially because in some years, especially last year, it's been very uneven. And some of the people who have attended have said on Twitter that they felt like they were being put in a room so that publishers could tell them what they wanted bloggers to do for them in terms of publicity. It seems like this year it's really focused on learning about what blogging is and what different people do.
1: Yeah, there are two different tracks in the uh, there's there are three reasons I think you go to a conference. You go to be inspired, you go to network and you go to learn. So your inspiration comes from the keynote speakers. And I'm really excited about Will Schwabe this year. I think he's going to give a great keynote. I'm super excited to hear him speak. Um, I don't know what Randy Zuckerberg is going to talk about. I hope she um, reveals some of the mysteries of working with Facebook. It's really confounds me. Um, <laughs> Facebook confounds me in every way, every single way. So networking, we're having two... Um, networking sessions, we're having an a- after-conference um, cocktail hour that'll be sponsored, and I can't remember who's sponsoring it. And then um, there's a luncheon, and there's a breakfast. And last year, uh, there was no, I, c- I think you had to leave for lunch, or there was a Bach lunch or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this year they're actually bringing food to the conference and then you're giving you're given a voucher and you just pick out what food you want. It's kind of a neat thing. Um, so they're bringing it from the cafeteria. Oh, that's cool. Right. And so that you don't have to leave and waste time and stand in line. The food is going to be brought to the conference. So that's. That's I don't, really I don't, a good thing. Yeah, I thought that was really a great idea.
0: Well, um, part of the problem then, with the Javits is there's really not a lot of food that's right there. Like you have to walk at least a block and a half to get lunch. And then by then you've used 45 minutes getting there, waiting in line, getting your food and coming back.
1: You haven't even right, eaten it yet. Right. And during lunch we're having an ethics panel and we have a lawyer coming to talk about the FTC regulations, which I know that a lot of bloggers have some. Um, concerns about, and then we have a professor who's going to come and talk about just ethics in general, and I'm moderating that panel.
0: Very cool.
1: And then, um, so then we have the um, two different tracks. There's kind of a beginner track and a little more advanced track um, in the afternoon, and there's also going to be a genre-oriented editor's pitch session where editors are going to come and talk about their big books for the summer and fall. Um so and I believe that there'll be arcs of those books that, that the blog the editors come and talk about.
0: Nice. That's very cool.
1: I'm pretty excited. You're on a panel, aren't you?
0: I am on a panel. I am on a panel moderated by Jim Hines, who did the cover um makeovers with himself in all of the positions of female cover models. And I'm on that panel with Mandy from Smexy Books, and I'm up against uh a different panel with um Thea from Book Smugglers. And I've been saying that I need to clone myself because I want to go hear what Thea has to say. Yeah, I'm completely intimidated by the people I'm on a panel with and want to listen to them more than I want to talk. So I'm going to have to remember to at least be somewhat engaged as opposed to just listening from the stage. There's really good panels this year at the Book Blogger Con.
1: I hope so. I hope that people enjoy them. And if they don't, I hope they tell us about why they don't like it so we can modify it in the future although I don't know if I'll be on the panel in the future so I shouldn't but I think that you know any kind of feedback is helpful.
0: Yes and and feedback directly to them not talking about them. I'm
1: very th- open to um, change.
0: Yes well it's a brand new conference it's pretty easy to change. What other things are you doing at
1: BEA? There are quite a few of blogger oriented uh, events held by publishers Uh, Harlequin is having a blogger tea. Uh, Harper Collins and William Morrow is having a special event um, for bloggers. I think Simon and Schuster is as well. I I think my understanding is last year Simon Pulse for teens had a special barbecue for a select few bloggers that uh, were very were like part of Street Teams and things like that. Right. So everybody has a different kind of take on. You know what bloggers they want to talk to and so forth. I'm going to uh, Amazon Roundtable um, on Friday and um, a few other events to learn more about books and I guess what uh, options they have for uh, readers. It's not. It's definitely an industry-oriented event. Although, if you're a fan of a particular author, um, there. Are, There are a lot of opportunities to stand in line and get a galley copy of an upcoming book of a very popular author. Um, So there are opportunities for readers. Um, There's Reader Day on Saturday.
0: This is the second year for that, right?
1: Right. And they moved it. Reader Day was like, I don't know, Friday or something last year. And so they moved it to Saturday, which I think makes a lot of sense because most readers have jobs and this way they can come on their day off.
0: Yep. And the thing about the Javits Center is that you're always waiting in line somewhere. You're either waiting in line for food or you're waiting in line for the bathroom or you're waiting in line at a booth. What are some of the booths that you definitely want to go to this year? I always like to visit the Harlequin booth because not only is there usually a huge signing going on in the Harlequin booth with at least five or six authors – But it's a really nice booth to be in. It's comfortable. There's places to sit that the carpet is padded. Of course, I will go to visit any publishing booth at the Javits Center where there's a carpet pad. Even if they sell instructions on how to make terrariums, I'm just going to stand on the carpet because the Javits Center is not the most comfortable place in the world. What booths are you really interested in going to this year? What people are you interested in going to see?
1: Oh, I haven't really um, looked at that yet. One of the things that I don't do that I – that a lot of people do is get galley copies because I don't read paper. And um, so I know a lot of people go around to different booths to obtain galley copies of future books, but um, I probably won't do that. I don't know. I haven't really made a plan for that yet. Um, I have a week, so (laughs) I'll figure that out next week.
0: I know there's a lot of about what authors are coming? Is there a particular author or person who's signing at BEA that you do kind of want to see, even if you don't get a galley?
1: No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i not a big stander in line. I can't imagine standing in line for an hour to get an author signature. I am not much of a... I, I, yeah, no. <laughs> How about you? Standing,
0: me? Oh, gosh. I... All right. Well, for one thing for me, I tend to stay a little bit away from BEA for two main reasons. One, I'm local. I'm right outside New York City. If there's somebody in publishing who wants to talk to me, they can talk to me anytime. So I tend to stand back and let people who aren't local come and meet with everybody. I don't want to take up anybody's time at BEA. I'm always around. Two, I hate the Javits Center. I hate it a lot. It's horrible. The bathrooms are Few and far between. It's a big hulking tank of concrete. It's dirty. It's dusty. I sneeze when I go in. I dislike the Javits Center. I've been to many conventions there at this point since I've lived here for a while. So those two things sort of make me a little on a little wary about going to be EA. not that i think that it's not a great experience it's a tremendous experience and it's one of those places where you go in and you kind of feel this palpable excitement that everyone is really excited about books yay and everyone is trying to make an impression but what seems completely bizarre to me is who is who are they making this big impression for each other what what who, who who's this for I wish it was more open to fans, although I think moving it to Saturday is a bigger um, draw because people, like you said, have jobs and they can't take a day off to go go to BEA. I, I often wonder, who is BEA now for? Is it for book buyers? Are there like six left, maybe five? They're like an endangered species.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's everybody. And I think that anybody who works in the book business is a fan of books. It's true. And so I can see a lot of people... I mean, just because you're a bookseller doesn't mean you're not a reader and you're not a fan. So I can definitely see um, small booksellers or people who work at a university press or um, whatnot get excited about somebody else's book and want to be there for that event.
0: It's true. I wish that it was more open to readers because I think that the, and we've talked about this the way that book promotion has changed. It's falling more and more into reader word of mouth and reader word of mouth in very specific communities for each specific genre. The fact that there are, what did you say, 600-plus bloggers? that That is such a huge... Change. Three to 400. Excuse me, three to 400. Bad at math, don't remember numbers. So the fact that there's three to 400 bloggers coming seems to indicate that there's an enormous opportunity for more reader interaction, and I'm glad that many bloggers are coming. I also am looking forward to seeing all the blogger... Activity on Twitter when they can get a signal from inside the Javits about what what they're excited about and what you know what people they're meeting because that's that's the coolest part of a convention for me. Let's that's why I look at the like Romantic Times Twitter feed even while I'm there. I want to see what everyone else is doing.
1: Well, but it should be remembered that this is the Bea the books that they promote at Bea are not genre fiction. No, they are. They not. are. They are not. They are. Uh, they are literary fiction. Um, and cookbooks, a lot of YA, Yep. which is there's a number of YA bloggers coming. And so it's not designed right now for a genre reader. No. I mean, if you were a fan of romance, B.A. is not the place for you.
0: No, there's very little in terms of uh, romance focus. And in, there's a lot of celebrities, too. They try to bring a lot of celebrities in who have a biography or a memoir or cookbooks. Coming out, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot more cookbook promotion. These
1: are the, the big books of the fall that that they want to promote. Um, memoirs, biographies, celebrity books, yep. big works of fiction like Juno Diaz and things like that. So, if you are a fan of genre fiction, you should go to Romantic Times. Yes, concur. there you'll get the most interaction with authors and readers as well as finding out about the upcoming um, books in your favorite genre particularly romance although they've expanded to science fiction fantasy and YA Mm -hmm. Um, BEA is still really an industry industry event and they've uh, expanded their horizons to include readers um, And bloggers, but, you know, you walk down the Javits Center, for example, you go to a HarperCollins booth or you go to a Penguin booth. There's going to be almost no mention of any romance authors in those booths. Mm -hmm. And there's not going to be arcs of those uh, books. I mean, there's just not that's not who they're marketed toward because mass market where romance uh, is sold is not a high money uh, high dollar uh, figure for booksellers. It has a very low margin. Um, mass markets are primarily sold in places like Target and Walmart, uh, grocery stores. and those aren't the types of people who are coming to BEA.
0: But 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 I thought that I thought that romance was paying the bills and keeping the lights on. What happened to that?
1: They like <laughs> they like to say that, but I don't think that's true.
0: <laughs> All right, well. I do have a quiz for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is similar to the last quiz, which I shamelessly ripped off of Pop Culture Happy Hour, and Linda Holmes's quiz is about television. Only this is romance novels. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions here of titles, series, excerpts, and descriptions, and you have to identify which is real and which is not. You ready? Ready. Okay. Which of the following is the actual romance novel? Rich, handsome, and successful Carlos must marry by his 30th birthday or lose the fortune his grandfather bequeathed to him. He wants a wife who is passionate and a perfect partner in and out of bed. He sets his sights on a struggling psychology student who is overwhelmed by him and all he offers her. Or... Rich, handsome, and successful Carlos must marry by his 30th birthday or lose the fortune his grandfather has bequeathed to him. He wants a wife who is passionate and a perfect partner in and out of bed and sets his sights on his secretary, Cynthia, who has always been there for him, even though he's tried not to notice her beauty. Well, the last, the,
1: I I think I've read this book, Uh. (laughs) um, but not, I don't think his name was Carlos, though. but uh the last one is the setup of like a million harlequin books so i'm gonna so i'm gonna go with the first one just because you're trying to trick me
0: yes you are right it is the first one is real that is his submissive by anne king and in in the description all they say about the heroine is that she's a struggling psychology student that's it that's all you really know about her okay which of the following is a real book Darius is an immortal warrior destined never to fall in love, only allowed single nights of passion with willing women. When a young lady who works at his favorite bar invites him out with her one evening, he discovers a plot to snare and entrap him for eternity, and she was the tempting, irresistible bait. Or, Darius is an immortal warrior destined never to fall in love, and when a young lady who works at his favorite bar approaches him, they begin an affair that brings his heart and her life into danger from dark, menacing forces.
1: It's the second one.
0: Yes, you're right. That's Embraced by a Warrior by Marisa Chenery. You've read these, haven't you?
1: I, I just read a lot of blurbs, you know, because I do those daily deals. <laughs> I swear I've, I've read all these blurbs. I look at about like 100 blurbs a morning.
0: Isn't it amazing how they all tend to blend into one big blurb after a while? It's all one big book. Okay. Which of the following is not the name of a real series? billionaires in bdsm erotic romance or dominating bdsm billionaires erotic romance
1: the first one is a real one i think it's shoshana ever's series uh and it's short nicknamed bad <laughs> really yeah That's billionaires scary. something i don't i can't remember billionaires uh, um something dominance i don't know <laughs>
0: Now I'm googling it cuz that was the one I made up. <laughs> oh, how funny. Oh, I will tell you that hang on. Dominating BDSM Billionaire's Erotic Romance is a series by a woman named Malia Mallory, but if you google dominate billionaires and dominance, you will get billionaire domination and submission, domination billionaire, dominant billionaire, BDSM dominant billionaire and the sexy BDSM dominant billionaire. It's like the new version of Harlequin titles, only instead of Tycoon and Secret Baby, we have Billionaire and Dominant. So, Is there a Submissive Billionaires? That would be fun. Okay. Which of the following is not a real romance? An angry fairy cursed the lairds of Clan MacLee with an unrequited love unless they can find true love with a noble-hearted lady. Cursed Laird Neil Maclee is doomed to marry the unattractive daughter of the rival clans Laird known all over Scotland as Heather the Hag. His solution? Send her to London for a makeover. Or... Angry Fairy has cursed the Lairds of Clan Maclee with lifelong misery unless they find true love in marriage. And after generations of miserable parents, one young man has finally decided to break the curse by never being with a woman ever. He's not prepared for the feisty, fiery, beautiful captive brought to his keep by his troublesome brother who wishes to keep the last for his own. The second one. No, the first one is real. It's The Fairy Faded Forever by Marianne Graham, published by Quacking Alone Romance.
1: Clearly a self-published author yes. with her own. Here's the problem. Um, I don't I don't like fa- fairy tales. Me so. either.
0: I don't like Lairds either.
1: So I would have totally skipped that. Automatically.
0: <laughs> this is a line from the book description. To save the clan Macle and secure its future, he should marry the dowdy lass, even though she won't quote set the claws of passion to his manhood end quote as the oh. curse provides. So she can't possibly be his fairy faded forever.
1: We we should do a a reading of that. Book.
0: I think we should. I think there's going to be some use of chicken. What do you think? <laughs>
1: One can only hope. One
0: can only hope. Okay. Which of the following is not a real title? Daddy by Decision, Daddy by Default, Daddy by Destiny, Daddy by Decree, or Daddy by Design?
1: I'm going to guess Daddy by Design.
0: Nope. Daddy by Decree is not a real title. At least it didn't oh, come really? up when I Googled it. And you'd think that there would like be. It seems
1: like it should be. Yeah. Like a, Yeah. I'm sure that he has to be a daddy in order to inherit his grandfather's uh, property.
0: Yes, because, you know, wills like that exist all the time. I'm going to go to law school, but that's the only thing I'm going to do. I'm going to write wills that make people get married and have children. That's going to be my whole industry. It'll be great.
1: I I hope you have a lot of um, uh, liability insurance. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'll need a little liability insurance and um, many, many secretaries that are hot that can also serve as my sub-industry, which is... uh, Workplace harassment in romance novels. Okay, which of the following is not a real romance? 19 year old Reese is a gifted musician who would love to try for a music career, except he can't leave his ailing father. When his best friend's older brother returns to town and overhears Reese practicing a new song in his garage, he discovers that his future in music and love are right where he started. Or 19 year old Reese wants to be a rock star, so he hangs out in his best friend's garage drinking beer and talking about practicing. Then he meets his best friend's older brother, and he's so attracted to him, he steals the guy's phone number and starts sending him anonymous love texts.
1: Second one is not the story, because that sounds pretty awful.
0: That is totally the story. That's called Reese Has a Crush by Melanie Tushmore.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm disappointed.
0: I love how I read these, and there's like this huge three-second block of silence where I can just imagine your face like, what? (laughs) Okay. This is the last one. And Kat, if you're listening in the car with your children, you might want to turn this part down because this is a little bit um, spicy. So be ye warned and hi to cat's children in the back seat. Okay. In a flash, which of the following is not a real excerpt, beg your pardon. In a flash, he was down at my snatch, nuzzling in, licking me with a flat of his tongue like a lion would his lioness. Or, in a flash, his chicken was deep within me, changing my protests into screams of pleasure like a raven calling to its mate. Obviously, chicken is a substitute.
1: Again, just because I want to start the day out right, I want the first one to not be true.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, it is. I knew (laughs) you were going to say that. That's terrible. Licking me with the flat of his tongue like a lion would his lioness. What the hell does that mean? That is a book called My Boss's Husband, and I am not making up the author's name. The author is Eva Hoare, H-O-R-E. And the best part was one of the reviews was this book was good, but not something I would read again.
1: There is a, I think that's obviously a pen name. In fact, um, I wonder if she uh, works at the same publishing house as Mr. Caresser.
0: Yes, Mr. Caresser definitely probably wants to work at this published house with Eva Hoare. Yeah. Okay, Eva Hoare. So you did very well. You got the majority of the right. You passed the quiz. Are you all right?
1: Well, some of them I think I threw intentionally because I didn't want them to be.
0: (laughs) You might have gotten 100% if you went with what you actually believe to be real. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. Have I tortured you enough? Kind of. Okay. And that's all for this week's podcast. How'd you do on the quiz? Did you do well? I hope so. This week's music is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can follow her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is Three Milestone. This song is called Snug in a Blanket, and we'll have links on the site about how you can purchase this song or find out more about the artist. And if you have responses or you wish to suggest books for a future quiz, you can email us at spjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a message at our Google Voice number. Which is one two zero one three seven one DBSA. Make sure to leave a name and where you're calling from so we can work your message into a podcast. And we have a Facebook page because that's the law. And that's Facebook.com slash DBSA podcast. I hope wherever you are you're enjoying the very best of reading.